1: Welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, and today I'm joined by Jordan Blackwell, and we're going to be discussing uh, Leicester City's recent form and their excellent win over Burnley on Saturday. Before we get going, though, i just like to remind you all we've got a special offer running, beer52.com. You can sample eight beers from around the world by going to the website, beer52.com, and using the tagline Leicester to register. Uh, now, Jordan, Burnley, the win. We knew it was going to be a completely different game to the Man City game on Tuesday. It's been a really good week for City in many respects, but this was a totally different challenge. Uh, a team that's very well organised, defensively very strong, don't concede many goals, uh, but it, they, they rose to the challenge, didn't they?
0: Yeah, I think there, there, obviously there was that difference. With We knew that Spurs were going to attack a lot more and there was a, there was a lot more defending for City to do um, in that game, and Burnley did sit back a bit, although I think they probably attacked more than I expected yeah. them to. Um, but yeah, there was a different challenge we know that Leicester often struggle to break down teams that like to to sit deep, and we know how good Burnley are at, at getting blocks in and and you know he- heading clear and stuff like that. Um, but no, they were really impressive. They created a, a fair few chances. Um, certainly, were well worth the three points. And um, yeah, it was very very encouraging. Well, I, th- I certainly thought the second half was a was a very encouraging yeah. performance
1: in terms of the attacking system. I've got to give Clawpool a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, Shinji Okazaki putting a fantastic shift on Tuesday night against Spurs. He was excellent uh, in that game. And we were a little bit surprised when he was left out and Damari Gray came back in. Not only did he come back in, but he came back in at number 10 uh, position, which we haven't really seen him play a lot of. Uh, before, but it was a bit of a masterstroke, wasn't it? And the, the fluidity about that front four with Michael Bright and Riyad Mahrez and who we'll discuss in a minute, and Jamie Vardy, it really caused Burnley all sorts of problems, pulled people out of position. Ben Mee had a, a really tough afternoon, and uh, uh, Jamie Vardy was knocking them all over. It, it it
0: worked. Puel got it completely right. Yeah, I think I think probably the main reason why it was it was good to start great ahead of Okazaki was that grey is a bit more incisive and you you need that when you're playing against a team that um, that do like to defend deep but you're right it did work really well I think playing grey, Albrighton and Mares behind Vardy gives a, a little bit of a surprise factor because you don't really know what order they're going to be in who's going to be on which side who's going to be in the middle well you they switch switching throughout they can the game they can switch throughout the game whereas if Okazaki plays Okazaki is definitely going to be in the middle there's not so much there's not so much changing and you can't Kind of, um, you can't disorganise the opposition's defence, but with with Albright and Gray and Mars you can do that, and I think that that really helps. and it is it is really good to see them all linking up, and uh, I think. Um they're all in probably their best form of the season right now, those, those three behind Vardy. Well, it seems to be that
1: uh, puell has got a solid platform, that, that back four, which hardly ever changes. Though. Ben Chilwell kept his place because yeah. Christian Fuchs missed the Spurs game because of the birth of his daughter, but he couldn't get back in. And, and quite rightly so, Ben yeah. was excellent against Spurs, deserves a little run in the team. Mm-hmm. Christian's going to have to be uh, patient. But also the two in front, Wilfred Ndidi and Vicente Abora, they give them the platform you know, for that front four just to go and play with a bit of freedom.
0: Yeah, and I think it. that's starting to become a partnership now. I think quite often in midfield you don't see the players playing for their full potential until they get used to their midfield partners. Again, we saw that with, with Drinkwater and Kante, that they were both better players playing next to each other. Um, and I think we're starting to see that with Ibora and Ndidi now. You have Ndidi doing the, the running, if you like, running around, chasing, uh, pressurising the, the opposition defenders, winning the uh, the opposition midfielder, sorry, win the ball back higher up the pitch, whereas Ebou is a, a more traditional defensive midfielder, if you like, sort of sitting deep, marshalling. He's, he's the one that's 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 playing the passes, and I think that that combination is working really well. And they're both very, they're both very intelligent position uh, positionally. So the the centre backs Maguire and Morgan don't have a lot to do. They don't have to rush out at any point because Ndidi and and uh, Ibora are always going to be there although Ibora did get caught out once as he, he dived in um, which set up uh, goodmundson 's chance um, which is probably Burnley's best chance in the second half so there, there are a, f- a few things to, s- to still improve on um, but yeah, certainly that as a combination is uh, working very well and it'll be difficult to see where Adrian is well, going. I was just to about to it. ask you that question, Adrian. So where does
1: he fit in? Does he play in front of those two uh, in a more forward, advanced position? Certainly away from home that could be an option or does he displace Nididi or, or even a Abora?
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I think I think Puel well, will probably try playing them all. Try playing them in a three and perhaps then playing a, a front three of maybe... Vardy, Mahrez and Gray and see how that works um, if that doesn't work I think the most likely scenario is that Silva replaces Ibora um, but, th- but the way Ibora is playing um, He's that, so would, influential that would be the extremely side, yeah, harsh yeah, yeah. Uh, th- th- his, the performances over, over the past few games since Puel came in um, uh, have been, been excellent well, so what yeah. a great problem
1: to have to have yeah, a player exactly, available yeah. of Adrian Silva's quality mm. and think how do I squeeze him into this team yeah. Because they're performing at the moment, they're performing very, very well. Let's talk about some of the lads in the front four. Gray scored the goal, showed a lot of bravery to slide in for, to connect with that one, connected with the post. We were a bit uh, eyes watering there. Wondered which part of his anatomy had hit the post at first, but uh, it was okay. It was just his leg, uh, and he was able to play on. But he's benefiting from that, that faith, the confidence that Pearl has in him, and he seems to be uh, flourishing
0: now. Yeah, definitely. I think part of Gray's problem was that. He always knew that when he did get games, there would only be occasional appearances. And I think he was almost trying too hard to impress. He really wanted to score that 30-yard screamer. He really wanted to you know, dance past three or four players because he thought, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to play the next game. I think because he knows he's, he's got Puel's faith in him, I think he feels a little bit more like he can... Relax into the game. He can play the simple stuff and not necessarily have to impress with every every time he touches the ball, because he knows that Puel's going to going to keep picking him. Well, I think that's right. I mean, you know, he's he's got that
1: confidence now that he is going to be in the side for a few games now, as long as he continues to perform, as long as he puts the effort in on the training ground as uh, and on the pitch. But one player that always puts the effort in. Doesn't always get the credit he deserves, but he had an outstanding game for me, exactly, Mark Albrighton. Now this is a guy that's had to win over nearly every manager he's had at Leicester City. He was uh, let go by Aston Villa, by Paul Lambert, because he thought he wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Comes to City, he had to wait his time to get into the side under Nigel Pearson. When he did come in, it coincided with the great escape recovery. And then same again with Claudio Ranieri and with Puel, but he's playing out of his skin at the moment.
0: Yeah, he is. And uh, at the start of the season in Shakespeare, I would have said Albrighton was one of <coughs> City's best performers. And then all of a sudden, the Puel's first game, he drops Okazaki and Albrighton, in, and you, you're thinking, oh no, is is it the end for for those two? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the games he's played, he's been he's been excellent and. There, you can't see a way that you could possibly not have him in the side. Uh, he's playing that well. We we know he's doing all the things that we know he can do. He works extremely hard. He, he supports his fullback back uh, very well. Um I mean, uh, but he's doing loads of other stuff as well. The the creativity he's shown over the, the past few games has been excellent. The assist for Vardy's goal against Spurs was was sublime and I think it was Vardy's finish probably detracted from how good of a pass it was. Um but yeah, he's he's been excellent and he he <laughs> deserves to be in in that Leicester City team. And also, he he got to take into uh, factoring that while he was at Villa, he he never really played on the left. He was always on that right, and he was always yeah. getting to the byline and crossing it in. And since obviously, I think it was when Ranieri first came in, he started playing on the left, and he's really had to adjust. And now you would say he's you know that is his position playing it. Playing on that side, cutting in and swinging balls over, and yeah, he's he's been really impressive. And he's impressed me as well, playing in that central
1: area as well. Yeah. Um, He was used there as as a midfield player, effectively, central midfield player, um, the other week against Man City, and uh, I thought he'd put in a good shift there. But, uh, you know, Sokobati's quite rightly in the uh, City side now. What about England? I mean, we talk about Demari Gray, and and we know for a fact that Southgate was considering calling Gray into the squad for the Mm. Brazil game. Uh, but uh, 28 years old now, Mark O'Brien, time's ticking on. Do you
0: think he's got a chance? Uh, personally, I I don't. I, not, that I, not that I don't think he's good enough. I think it's more with the way Southgate picks his players. I think the the players that Southgate's introducing to the squad, the players that haven't been called up before, are all, have all been very young players. They've all been players that have the potential to, in the future... Um, be sort of leading international stars uh, with the likes of um, Tammy Abraham Dominic Solanke and Duke, I suppose Damari Gray fits in that bracket as well um, I think Albrighton Brighton's probably slightly too old you, he's not, you don't think he's going to get any better he's kind of at his peak now Do you think he's in the same bracket as Danny Simpson then Somebody yes, consistently performing
1: I mean Danny Simpson Michael Brighton they've won the title But they've not had a sniff of the England squad. I think the time's probably passed them by, unfortunately, now. But, uh, you know, he's he's got qualities, though, hasn't he? I mean, I think he's got more of an end product than some of the players that have been around the squad, like Theo Walcott and um, Oxlade Chamberlain at times. He uh, can get a ball in uh, consistently and regularly. And I think the strikers like that as well because they know when the ball's coming in, so they know when to time their runs. Mm. Jamie Vardy, obviously, you know, he's not, they know that he's not going to mess about with it. He's going to get it out of his feet and whip it in, as Beckham used to do. I mean, I'm not going to put him in the bracket, same bracket as yeah. Beckham, but, you know, it's a similar st- st- style, hasn't it? isn't it? So I think he's still got something to offer.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know if, if his problem, and I think it's probably a little bit similar with Simpson as well, is that. Because he's a, a he's a very traditional wide man, and I don't know if that that also doesn't play into Southgate's formation. We know he he doesn't he's been playing with wing backs recently, and sort of the the attacking midfier- midfielders have been have been quite central. Hope, but obviously he's now playing a little bit more centrally. So perhaps he, if he, he shines there, but I think with Simpson as well, because he's a traditional right back mm. and not in the Kyle Walker Nathaniel Klein mould, where he's bombing up and down the wing and whipping in balls. Um, I think. I think that, that plays against him and possibly plays against Brighton as well because he's not he's not like Lallana he's not like Sterling he's not sort of where they're sort of half number tens half wingers um, he is a very he is an out and out winger uh, or certainly he's been played as an that winger and I think that's probably playing slightly against him. Well, let's uh, talk about uh,
1: the other man at the moment,
0: Riyad Mahrez, sporting <laughs> a, a new uh, <laughs> hairstyle
1: that made him stood out. I wonder why that is, because yeah. he did uh, an interview with the Daily Mail, which was published on Saturday morning, not great timing, timing of a, um, on the morning of a game, and uh, in it he very much stated that um, he's going, nothing's going to stop him from reaching the top regardless of the contract he's got at Leicester City now. We'd heard different sort of tune from him after the uh, summer, yeah. uh, it, that he was settled, that he loved the club, he said in the mix zone uh, when he was interviewed not that long ago. But in this interview, did you read into it the same as
0: I did, yeah. that he still wants to go? Yeah, and I, I, to be honest, I, th- I think he can think both things. I think he can be settled at Leicester and enjoying it there, but also have the ambition to play at a higher level. Um, I'm not surprised that he he's still very keen to, to play at a higher level. Um, I think his performances over the last couple of months have been very good and you would probably say at a level above ninth in the Premier League which is where Leicester are um, and so it's not surprising although I, and I think this whole business with, with changing his hair I think is, is perhaps a bit of a statement mm. as in a, a bit of a notice me yeah, statement Yeah. Um, and so I'm sure the whole transfer saga thing will, will start rumbling again over the next month or so But he was
1: interested in this interview that he said that he had been speaking to Arsenal and that mm-hmm. his representatives were uh, in discussions with Arsenal. Yeah, uh, last last summer after the yeah, title Yeah. He? So, you know, it's they, they they've always been linked with him. Yeah. Um so perhaps Arsenal are going to come back they need uh, a bit of a a uh, few new uh, bodies in the in the squad, so
0: yeah, we'll, th- we'll see what happens. I think if if Sanchez and er- Sanchez or Rose will leave, I think that's when you might see something mm-hmm. come from Arsenal. I think there is an appreciation there from Wenger. Um but I don't I don't think while they've got those two. They would consider moving for Maris.
1: How big a blow would that be to Leicester, though, to lose somebody of Rio Mars's tan Exciting. There's nobody else in that squad who can do what he can do on a pitch. No, I,
0: I was, the things he's done as a Leicester player, um, I've never seen any other Leicester player do before. His first touch is phenomenal. You would say probably one of the best first touches in the league. Um, and the way he he gets around people, his close control, he is a level above in in that regard. Um, it would be a massive blow. I think he is clearly Leicester's most creative player. But if if Gray gets enough game time over the next month or so and few months, I think if if Morris did leave, you would hope that Mar- that Gray could step up and sort of half fill the gap, and then you would have an extra, then you obviously have an extra player in there. Yes, um, it, it would be a blow, and I think you you would probably see an immediate impact on Leicester City's results. Mm. Um, as I think there would be an adjust, a, a period of adjustment. It'd be a
1: sad day for me because I enjoy seeing a player of his quality. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he frustrates because he doesn't step up to the plate. He drifts through games and doesn't really contribute. But when he does contribute, when he's on it, mm. uh, it's very enjoyable to, to watch him. So we'll see what happens on that. Let's um, let's look at the league table. Up to mm. now, it's amazing how quickly things can yeah. change. And uh, you know, the bottom three are now we're looking at the top eight. In yeah. Just in just about a half a dozen games, it's uh, it is incredible. And so, where where would uh, you think now that Leicester City could finish this season? I,
0: to be honest, I think they have to aim for seventh. I think there is a um, with Burnley and Watford being the teams above them in um, in the race for seventh. If you like, I think they they must think. Well, hang on, we our, our squad is certainly probably better quality wise than both of those squads. Um, we know Bob Burnley about their very organised team, and Watford have done very well under Marco Silva. But with um, with Everton, perhaps maybe taking a few games to adjust under Allardyce, and although they are still only two points behind Leicester despite all their problems, um, there is a there is a real chance for Leicester to get that seventh place. Um, I think they have enough squad depth. Um, I think they're playing well enough at the minute, and I think that's the that's the sort of target where it's, it's achievable um, and it's not too um, it's not looking too far ahead it, it, it's within grasp um, and I think that would be a real achievement because all the players spoke after the Champions League that they want to play in Europe again and obviously the the, the, the Cups are won by the, the bigger teams then 7th will get a Europa League place and I think that would be Something that the, the squad would actually really look forward to. Well, I think the, only, the fact that they've only lost two um,
1: sides that were in the top six yeah. last season would suggest that um, they're not quite up to that level, but they're better than the rest yeah. at the moment. So they have to be aiming high, starting uh, this Saturday away at Newcastle. Now, it's one of those grounds I love going to, to Newcastle. It's always a great atmosphere around the city on match day. Uh, but they should go there with expectation, don't they? I mean, Newcastle on a dreadful run. I think the, the harsh realities of the premier league is uh, kick it in now for Rafa Benitez's
0: men and uh, that team City can go there and get the victory. Um I think they can. Yes, and I think it is the sort of game where if you want to push for seventh, these are the sorts of games you need to start winning. I think m- most of the time you if you're in Leicester's position, you're probably happy to take a point away from home, but I think against the the weaker teams or the teams out of form, if you can get a win away from home, that's why you're gaining points. Um like Leicester did by winning at Swansea, that, that kind of result. Uh, and I think with Leicester in good form and Newcastle out of form, this is a, a real opportunity. And I think if Leicester produced the performances that we've seen against Burnley and Spurs then then they'll, then they'll get another three points We'll check back on our website
1: throughout the week, we've got some stories going on, reaction to the Burnley victory and we'll be looking ahead to the Newcastle trip, uh, also on our Facebook page we've got a live blog running on a daily basis, Jordan will be manning the desk for the live blog for most of the week as well, we'll, we'll we will be giving you a, a little break from <laughs> the, the blog at some times Jordan uh, and uh, join us again next time on Dilly Ding Dilly Dong